Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. Here we are. We are back in the bleachers. Yep, it is Bleacher Blums, and we are happy to be here. I am Jeff Blum, co-host of Bleacher Blums podcast. I spent 14 years of playing in the major leagues, and now I am currently the color commentator for the Houston Astros. On the other end, of course, is my co-host, David Tuttle. He is an All-American in every sense of the word. Played at the University of Santa Clara, also was on Team USA, spent nine years playing minor league baseball, didn't get the opportunity to be in the big leagues, but always good to have him on because the insight is great. We share something in common that we're both raising multiples. He's got twins, I've got triplets. So we have established a relationship that it goes way, way back in time, but we are grateful to be here on this Bleacher Blums podcast. Tuttle, I'm going to bring you in right now and just see how things are going, man. Uh, it's been a busy year, but you're doing all right, aren't you? Yeah, doing great, Blummer. Thanks for the intro, and uh, yeah, it's good to see you. Um, you know, Left Coast here is doing well, uh, and uh, and excited to be on the podcast, of course, on this uh, Blue Wire podcast network that we are so thankful to be a part of. Yeah, we are on the Blue Wire podcast network. Of course, you can go to bluewirepods.com, or you can go to bleacherblums.com to catch up on the most recent episode of Bleacher Blums, and obviously there's an archive there that you can go back. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so that we can continue to bring you these great podcasts. And you know what's great about us being available and having those opportunities to connect with fans is that we are both on Twitter. You can reach at RealDavidTuttle on Twitter, and you can reach myself at Blummer27. Also, Bleacher Blums has made its way onto social media. You can go check that out at, at Bleacher Blums. And we have got our producer, Mark Ramos, on here because People have been reaching out, and we have gotten several questions. We've done this before. It was a lot of fun. There were some good questions maybe that we don't think about throughout the course of our podcast. So we're going to bring in producer Mark to give us some questions from fans out there in the interweb. They have some questions about, uh, we don't know what, to be honest. We are not prepped for these. So these are kind of a uh, coming at you raw Thanks, guys. The first question is from Rob Fontenot. You all know him from, he's the uh, host of the Astros yeah. Baseball Podcast. And his yeah, question- been on his well, podcast. Yeah, both of y'all have been on his podcast. His question is, if you guys were talented enough to go pro in a sport other than baseball, which sport would you have chosen? Ooh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think beer drinking counts. <laughs> but- I mean, I, I don't well, know if bocce, I can compete with some of the- or cornhole, yeah. right? Come on. That's what I was <laughs> thinking about. I'm like, man, if we, if, <laughs> if we played bocce beach ball, then I might have an opportunity. You know what? And I'm just trying to think back in the, the history of Jeff Blum and going back to, you know, I loved playing basketball. But when I was playing basketball, it was in high school. And, you know, I'm all of six foot three, six foot four. I could, I could dribble a little bit. I could shoot. I Well, at least at the time, I thought I could shoot the lights out. I don't know if I would have actually practiced a little bit harder or made it into college if I could have could have made it to the next level because I didn't grow much after that. I actually got wider instead of taller, you know, so things slowed down a little bit. Man, what other sport? Tuttle, I don't know if I have a professional sport that I'd be able to get back into. I was strictly a one-sport wonder. You know, well, that's <laughs> funny because I don't know as a professional. I mean, I think it's more of like a dream-like question, which is a great question. I just, I was a good it football is. player in high school. I played wide receiver and, you know, I could have, you there know, you go. done, you know, I could have been a contender. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. 
but man, I don't see me playing football at a high level. <laughs> the minute I got my clock clean or got my first concussion, I'd be like, oh, I'm out. You know, I just, I don't know if I was tough enough for that. I mentioned uh, soccer a few podcasts ago, like, but that's not, that's a lot of running <laughs> basketball. I'm, I'm like you, I'm six, three. I'm 6'3 standing, you know, and in my shoes, I'm 6'3. So, I mean, that's, that's a uh, Steph Curry's height. Like, uh, and I, you know, I just. Isn't that crazy to think about? That's a, that's an awesome question. And what? You know, it's just crazy to think about. Like, I remember when I was, you know, in college, I got in an elevator with John Stockton one time and I, and I'm watching John Stockton on the court. I'm like, dude, this guy is tiny. How is he even competing? And he's, and he was my size. Yeah. So, uh, so Steve Nash went to Santa Clara and I love when they put this, but they're like, Steve Nash is six foot three. And I was at there. Steve Nash is nowhere near six foot three. He's about <laughs> six, one and a half, but it doesn't really matter. Right. So, um, you know, Mark just yeah. put up that. I, I think, I think golf, there you go. How about yeah. golf? Yeah. A nice, nice leisurely sport. I don't know though. You got to fund I, your own if, way. What I've had, I mean, how many, so it would take a ton of work, first of all, to become great at golf, to be able to be on the tour. And I think I would be able to dedicate enough time and be able to figure it out to hit the ball good enough, but to go pro and go, how about, I might be able to make the corn Ferry tour. Does that count? You get paid. <laughs> that professional? I don't know. Yeah, you get paid, I guess. I think that's a great question. I can't believe we're stumped by this question. I mean, it should be just easy. Like I'd Rock like to be an world. NFL quarterback in my dreams would be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> one of the top, one of the top five guys go back there. You're protected most of the time. You know, you're obviously cerebral and smart. You worked hard at that, but that, there you go. So an NFL quarterback would be the dream job. I think my dream job would be a playing golf, getting paid to play, go play golf would be amazing. But man, yeah, he stumped us on that one. That was a good one. All right. Our second question is from Mario. Uh, you can find him at Mario the Stroll twenty four seven, and he's a he's an Astros fan, of course. He's excited about the retro Astros jerseys. But this was his question was regarding the jerseys: is what do y'all think of either the old, you know, the when they bring back the old jerseys, the Player Weekend jerseys, or how Nike came out with the home team jerseys worth, you know, Chicago and whatnot. You know, what what do y'all what are y'all thoughts on on these uh, alternate jerseys? Well. You know, as a true fan, I mean, I, I like some of the retro stuff. I, you know, I, but I, I, I think we're just, we're taking a little bit too far. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the marketing aspect I get and you want the fans to buy everything, but uh, even the LA Clippers are now using like the, I don't know, it looks like the Compton logo. They wear the black with the Compton Los Angeles and stuff. And it's like, all right, if you're paying tribute, it's fine. But I don't know. I just, how many jerseys can we have, right? How many, you know, I, I, I saw a post with the Astros specifically, like which logo do you like best? You know, it's funny how a lot of people like the retro logo, this, and you know, those, what do they call those, the old school jerseys that J.R. Richard used to wear the rainbow Jersey. What were oh, the tequila called? sunrise. Oh, the tequila sunrise. Like, yeah, those are cool. But I mean, how many versions of that can you have? I'm a, I'm a, I don't know. I like the plain and simple stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into all the retro crazy stuff. Yeah. The retro for me is it's all marketing and it's another way to sell jerseys, but I also love that it represents generations. That's the one thing that kind of jumps to me and especially sitting in the booth and understanding that, you know, there, there's a parent teaching their kid about the sport and, and they're trying to pass that generation on because their parents taught it to them. So I feel like the Astros have kind of gone through that phase of generationally changing their uniforms for 
the older generation with the sunrise ones and then the the blue and gold in the 90s and then you get into the brick red in the early 2000s and then we're in the blue and orange right now so they're kind of rebranding every time a generation kind of comes through I don't mind it. I liked wearing them as a, as a player once in a while. I didn't like wearing them all the time because I took a lot of pride in the current uniform that I was wearing. And obviously you get a little sentimental towards whatever uniform you're either used to watching or playing in. I did enjoy the Chicago White Sox Southside unis, that jet black with the white pinstripe that said South Southside. And then they changed their hat a little bit and had that old English uh, CHI for Chicago. I thought that was kind of unique, and it, but it, it also stayed with their theme of being black and white and silver in their, in their uni. But uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot, and I like the idea of doing it. You know, every home game Sunday, wearing a wearing a throwback uniform. But that's just me. I think it's awesome. I know the fans dig it, and it opens itself to a lot of uh, a lot of banter and a lot of communication between fans. Which one do you like best? No way, that one sucked. You know, but. Uh, I think it's great to bring them back. I don't like the, I don't like it when they try and get too fancy and alter it. You know, like the future uniforms that they had a while back; those were idiotic and terrible. Ugh. You can't look forward. You just need to let that happen. And but going back and being nostalgic about it, yeah, let's do it. And I'm okay with that too. I think I was thinking more of the trying to be cutting edge in the future and all that stuff. The other thing you can do with baseball that I do like is the hats. You know, I don't know if it has to be like the military, right? But on military uh, appreciation weekend or Memorial Day where they do like the camo hat or they put the military logo, like something like that is cool. Then you're not changing the whole uniform, but you're adding a little element to it, whether it be some trim or a hat or, you know, maybe special batting gloves or something like that. I mean, I think there's, there's certainly some benefit there and I know it's a marketing piece, but I think that's simpler, right. To wear a different hat, you know, kind of like the Lakers have their home whites on Sunday. Like maybe there's something you would do on a Sunday or one day a week. That's uh you know, that keeps the marketing aspect going, but uh, is also a little bit special for the guys. Hey, um, I think it's time for a word from our sponsor. What do you say? To piggyback on that, you know, I, I was born and raised here in Houston. So I'll, of course, I'm always a Houston fan. And y'all growing up on the West Coast, was there a team or is there a team that uh, on a jersey that you would wear or that you would never wear? Like, you know, that's that's the rival. You're, you're never, you're never going to see you know, Blum wearing this jersey or you're never going to see Tuttle wearing this jersey. Do y'all have any any type of affiliation or or anything that's like a rivalry with that? You know, that's a really good question because I grew up in the LA area. So growing up, I was watching a lot of Dodgers, a lot of Angels, a lot of San Diego Padres. And I did have an idea as a young 11, 12-year-old that, man, one day I want to play at Dodger Stadium and I want to wear that Dodger blue. Wouldn't that be great? Good Lord, if that hasn't changed 100%. There is no way I would ever see myself in a Dodger uniform or want to be seen in a Dodger uniform right now, <laughs> considering that I played for the Padres for three years and enjoyed that rivalry and then everything that has happened since being a, a Houston Astros broadcaster and watching them beat the Dodgers in the World Series. So the Dodger uniform for me has done a complete 180, and I would never put that uniform on ever. Well, that Blummer, you and I are aligned there being a Giants fan, a lifelong Giants fan of <laughs> yeah. Bay Area. I would never put on a Dodger uniform. I will say this too, though, and, and I don't know if this is where the, you know, we can take the questions wherever we want, but, uh, and Blummer, you could, you know, have some banter here is that, you know, I mean, obviously Mark does a great job with Crush City tees and Ram shirts and, you know, creating cool shirts that you want to wear around. But as a former athlete and as somebody who wore uh, a jersey, I guess, for a living, for lack of a better word, uh, jerseys aren't my favorite go-to. I'm here at the beach and I saw a guy wearing a, uh, uh, 
Draymond Green jersey yesterday. He was wearing his board shorts, had his tank top on. He's running through the ocean. It was a, just like, you know, it's a jersey's not my go-to. Uh, you know, you either go right shirtless at the beach or find a Billabong or O'Neill t-shirt that you can wear. And, um, you know, you can still have that inner pride, but the outer pride is something that's a little bit different. Maybe that's because it was part of our, you know, it's kind of like a guy who worked for IBM for 30 years and wore a suit every day. You know, it's <laughs> like, I, I, I'm not in the mood to put on a baseball jersey and button it up and wear it around. And that's not diminishing the fandom and, you know, the excitement um, that people have around wearing NFL and Major League Baseball jerseys specifically. But it's not something that's go-to in my wardrobe. But uh, to your point, I mean, obviously a Dodger uniform would be probably the furthest thing from uh, something I would throw on. One of the questions that came up on, I think, one of the podcasts or on, on Twitter was, about per diem, you know, they heard, I think it was, uh, you know, Julia was, was doing a background interview with someone, you know, in the minors and then coming up and something about per diem came up and they were wondering, how does that work? Is it the same for, you know, every athlete? Is there, do y'all have any stories of one of the higher paid athletes, you know, did something for a, you know, maybe some guy that got called up or, you know, how does that, how does that work? Um, the, the per diem, I think is usually in reference to meal money, I, I'm guessing. Uh, when the, when, the, when you're on the road, I know when we were in college, you know, we got into the world series and they were giving us, I think 15, 20 bucks a day. And we were like, boys, we've met, we struck it rich. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we were on the road for a, for a good while through the regional and the college world series. So we, we felt like we were getting broke off with, you know, 20 bucks a day. <laughs> and then I get to the minor <laughs> leagues and I find out that that's the same thing. And it didn't go quite as far in, in the minor leagues, I think it was 20 or 25. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Tuttle, uh, when we were in the minor leagues per day when we were on the road. So, you know, a, you know, a six-day trip and you're, you're getting 150 bucks, you're like, how the heck am I going to eat for six days on 150 bucks? But at the same time, it was maybe, you know, a third of my paycheck too at the time. So, it, it, you know, it helps supplement a little bit. But once you get to the big leagues, and I know it's changed and it's and it's in the collective bargaining agreement. So it's not according to contract. It's not according to player status. It's just a flat rate that is a per diem throughout the course of the year. And my man, 2012 was my last year. And I believe at that time it was, it was, a, it was close to a hundred dollars or over a hundred dollars per day, uh, per diem, uh, for meal money. So that's, that's basically the extent. I know it's changed in the last CBA because things have kind of changed underneath. And what we would do with that meal money, obviously, is you'd pay for your meals, but you would also compensate the equipment managers who are working under there. So a lot of that money that you got for meal money, we would turn around and basically give it to the equipment guys, the, you know, the, the bat boys, the, you know, anybody working underneath in that stadium on the road would get a lot of that money. That's what we would use for tip money uh, for road trips. Yeah. So the per diem aspect is exactly right. Um, my understanding is that's only related to meal money. And I think I told the story on this podcast before, but John Smoltz told uh, my favorite per diem story on um, <laughs> this is a good one on uh, Dan Patrick's show one time. But basically, he and Tiger Woods were uh, Tiger Woods were playing golf. So I think Smoltz got his handicap down to like a three or something like that. So he and Tiger Woods were living there in Florida. Uh, I always say it's near Disney World. What's the place where they all live, where Shaq lives and everybody lives? What's that place? Oh, Isleworth. Yeah, Isleworth. So anyway, um, but uh, basically, uh, Smoltz said, all right, Tiger, you're going to give me, what, six strokes, seven strokes? Okay, I'll give you seven strokes. He goes, what are we playing for? And then Smoltz pulled out his per diem. For spring training, it's a little bit different, <laughs> so it's a week. But let's say it's $200 a day. So you know, $200 a day for seven days is like $1,400. So it's $1,400 in cash or $1,500 in cash. Um, 
And uh, it just says Smoltz and the, the, the secretary, traveling secretary, gives you this envelope that has Smoltz on it. So they decide to play mm-hmm. uh, for the per diem. And uh, Tiger Woods beats uh, Smoltz by like two strokes. So Smoltz is, you know, consistently, you know, already kind of winding down his, his uh, baseball career, looking to be a better golfer. And uh, so the next year he comes out to Isleworth as well. And they're in spring training and Smoltz has a day off and he calls up Tiger and says, all right, we're ready to play. I'm, you know, I improved my golf game. And uh, Smoltz and, you know, Tiger arrange the time. They head out there and Tiger's like, what are we going to play for this year? What are we playing for? And Smoltz is like, I don't know. What should we play for? And Tiger goes into his golf bag and he pulls out the per diem, the $1,500 from the year before. <laughs> and he's like, how about we play for this? So he just had an envelope full of $1,500 bills like that just sat in his golf bag. So um, I think the reason I bring that up is a funny story. Uh, it's not my story, but to Blum's point, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're making $5 million a year, if you're making the minimum six hundred grand or whatever. The per diem is the same for everybody. And for some of these guys, it's... <clears throat> just a little bit extra money and we could all use that, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of funny. So that's, that's the per diem. And you know, it's the same across the board for a guy making 10 million to, to the guy making the, the major major league minimum. Yeah. There's also a great story with Ricky Henderson who collected all of his uh, meal money envelopes. He put them in a drawer and he would tell his kids, if you get straight A's, you can pick an envelope out of that drawer. So that was, that's a pretty cool story from Ricky Henderson. Uh, like Riggy, Riggy, Riggy you know, incentivizing his kids with uh, meal money envelopes. And you know, the kids are probably in there patting it down going, okay, which one was the 10 day road trip? I want that there one. You go. <laughs> the 10 day roadie. Cool stories about the per diem and great questions. We appreciate producer Mark getting on there and procuring these questions for us. Let me finish the podcast with this too. So uh, we got an email yesterday from the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, I didn't forward it to you. I don't know if Blummer read it, but uh, starting August 11th, the Blue Wire Podcast Network's operating a daily podcast studio uh, for you to record at any time you're in Vegas. Uh, the studio will be located in the view of the Wynn Casino floor. So on the Wynn Casino floor, the Blue Wire Podcast Network is putting in a podcast studio. Um, they did just get uh, the backing of WinBet, which is their competitor, their betting app. When you're in Las Vegas, road trip, baby, for sure. Yeah, we're on it. Um, and that competes with that competes with the MGM uh, betting app. But the WinBet app is something, obviously, that we're going to talk more about as we get further down the road. Um, and then the Blue Wire Podcast Network got Chris Long's podcast, the Greenlight Podcast, which I've actually listened to. He's Chris Long is getting really damn good at uh, uh, at podcasting, just like us. But you know, he gets some. Uh, he gets some good guests on there and has some good insight. And he's a really funny follow on Twitter. And I don't know if you followed him, but uh, he's a prankster. And uh, Chris Long has been great. Um, but anyway, so when when in Vegas, uh, we're uh, we're able to now record at the uh, Wind Casino for our uh, for our podcast. And so I think that was kind of exciting news. And uh, hopefully, like you said, we got to plan a date. Yeah, it's going to be a road trip. We'll make sure we, if we do plan that, we'll announce it so we can get some Bleacher Blum fans out there to uh, go check us out and hang out with us in Vegas. I think that'd be a good time. That's going to do it for this quick episode of Bleacher Blums. Of course, we appreciate all military, all frontline workers, and uh, all essential workers out there. We appreciate you. Make sure you get after it. Make sure you believe it. <laughs>